super superhuman superhuman mythos sure Welcome to another episode of the Clever Kids Podcast, uh, where three guys talk about pop culture and their brothers and, uh, shit, I mean, I'm really bad at this, I should just write one out. It's just called Three Brothers. <laughs> uh, it's three brothers talking about dumb shit that no one cares about. Uh, my name's Tyler. Hey, co-host Brian here. I'll work and what's up? Jeff here. <laughs> out of this intro shit um this week we're going to be talking about the boys uh television show amazon prime tv show that's taken the world by storm um but first we're gonna kind of jump into um what we've been listening to reading watching playing this week um i'm actually gonna go first this time because i never do um i bought ghost of tsushima yesterday it was on i I wanted to buy i was already gonna buy it at full price i've been sleeping on it but um it was on sale so (laughs) that worked out for me really well and i downloaded it it's actually the first game i've ever bought and then downloaded digitally i'm still liking to have the uh physical forms of media but um i'm only about an hour and a half into it so i've just gotten past the tutorial and like into the actual open world part of the game and um i'm liking it it's really good uh it the combat is is much slower and more deliberate which is interesting it's not like it's kind of an arkham style combat where it's you know you punch this guy and then you you swing over here and you get that guy or whatever um but it's very deliberate because you're a samurai you have a big katana and so it's like you know very precise swings and if you're button mashing you're gonna get hit by somebody else because you have to it's you know it makes you slow down which i actually am liking um it's also probably the most beautiful game i've ever seen it looks incredible the graphics are just i i mean it's making me want to go to japan but also like feudal japan like japan (laughs) time travel and yeah I want to go to feudal Japan. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> it, looks... it just totally triggers in me the, uh, the old hypothetical question. Like, if you could go back to any time in history, when would you go? And then, like, anyone except for, you know, white people, it's like, eh, be careful there. Like, they, yeah. they weren't very nice. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they would kill me the moment I landed in feudal Japan. <laughs> but I mean, what it, was the just I understand he's not uh, in everyone's good graces right now. He's not exactly a good person, but he did have one comical stand-up that made me laugh. He's talking about how white people shouldn't travel to the future. He's like, <laughs> he's like, the future, we're going to get fucked real hard. It's, it's getting worse. Who is this? <laughs> There's Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Oh, he's, yeah. like, he's like, I can go back to year one. I don't need to know what's happening there. I just know that when I get there, they're going to have a table ready for me. I'll be all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in the future, it's not going great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely true. But um, yeah, it's I, that's all I really have to say about it. I'm I'm super early in on it, but I get why people are calling it the game of 2020 already. I mean, Cyberpunk hasn't come out, so 
Yeah, Honestly, I mean, though, Cyberpunk should just come out next year and become the game of 2021 because it has some stiff competition with Ghost of Tsushima. It's really, I'm really liking it. I mean, so um, Ghost of Tsushima yeah. is made by Sucker Punch Studios. Um, I would say the biggest game franchise that Sucker Punch has put out is the Infamous franchise. I know that all three of us have played that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Infamous and I played the second one that sucked. I mean, Infamous Two wasn't ter- it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. I didn't like the changes oh, no, they wait. made. But Infamous Second Three. Son, yeah. The, that's the one, the one I didn't like. I enjoyed that one, too. Like, my biggest complaint with like that it. one was they gave you this awesome power literally at the, at the boss fight. So you had no time to learn how to use the power until you were at the fight. And then it's just like, well, that was fun. Now I've got some new power to level up and no reason to do it. I, don't know. Um, I, think they made I was some... actually more interested in, like, the other people's powers. You know, like, you track, like, the super, the other super-powered yeah. people. Yeah. And, like, there's a chick who has, like, the neon light. She has, her own, she has her own DLC if you still have the game. I don't. I don't have it. I didn't even finish the game. But that that, that chick had a cool power set. And there was someone else who had a cool I'm, one, I'm too. I'm surprised um, you didn't like it more given its setting. I mean, you look Seattle. similar to Delson Rowe and it's in <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Anyway, uh, Brian, what have you... Oh, also, I got... Um, I don't, can you guys see this? I got... It's just a dust jacket, but I got... To Sleep in a Sea of Stars, Christopher Paolini's science fiction book. Who is it? Um, I am about 150 pages into it, but it's an 800-page book. This motherfucker. I was like... I was at the bookstore, and I was looking at it, and I was like, what am I about to get myself? I hate... Jeff, you keep doing this. You keep giving me these huge books, and I'm like, I don't have time to read that big of a book. And I was just like, God damn it, Christopher Paolini. Like, I want to see what you're up to. Um, but 800 and something pages is too much. If you can't tell a story in 300 pages, don't tell it. That's how I feel about books. <laughs> um, it's good. It's, uh, you know, I'm only 150 pages into it, so he's still kind of, uh, let me see. No, I'm 100 pages into it. Um, It's good. He's still setting things up, right? So, like, definitely the inciting incident has occurred, but it's still, the story is still kind of, I mean, it's, I'm an eighth of the way through, right? So, I like it. Let me borrow that when you're done. I've got 10 books lined up, but... Yeah, I know. I have a I have a fat sack of books that I haven't that I was waiting to read, and then this dropped, and I was like, "Well, fuck! I'm gonna go buy that too." So, anyway, um, I'll let you guys know how that is as it progresses. Uh, Brian, what have you been up to, dude? I, it's the same old song and dance for me. I I took uh, two took a class MBA classes this term to try to graduate a little early so that Anna and I can go on our honeymoon, um, you know, and be graduated at the same time next year. Uh, I don't know if I've elaborated on this here, but uh, we are currently planning a honeymoon slash MBA graduation slash one year anniversary trip overseas, uh, hopefully next year if COVID decides to calm the fuck down. Um, but, you know, it's all contingent on us both graduating uh, from our, MBA, our, our master's programs. Um, so I've been swamped with that. Uh, I have been squeezing in. Uh, the last few nights, an episode of Korra here and there, Legend of Korra. I'm like towards the end of season three. Uh, I had to take some time off from that because I was hitting the, the bed and passing out um, for a while there. We, we throw on some How I Met Your Mother, some background noise. Uh, other than that, um, 
I had some for you. Oh, uh, last night we threw on a movie just based on just some weird like ads we were seeing. I don't know if it was like an HBO ad where they show all the different stuff that they have on HBO and like little like quick shots of each you know movie or show they have. And, and we saw one, looked it up. It's a Ewan McGregor film called Big Fish. Have you guys ever seen that before? Yeah, it's Tim Burton. Tim it's Burton. Great. Dude, it feels like yeah. um, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. a great movie. Yeah, it's well, probably his best movie. There's probably 20 minutes me... left in it, but we, we, we went to bed last night, but it was I was really enjoying it. I thought it was a really good film. Oh, no. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I think I'm surprised that you hadn't ever seen it. Um, it I was like, when you said it, I was like, Big Fit? Like, yeah. <laughs> that movie that like got nominated for Academy Awards and shit. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd never, I'd never even heard of it. But we saw some like some shots oh. of like the CGI and in, in special effects. Or yeah, whatever. it's great. It's uh, a great movie. And you know what? I honestly think it's one of his best, Tim Burton's best movies. To be honest, um, it felt like that's the most, that's the most, um, I don't know, real that Tim Burton's ever been in a movie. I feel like it's the most honest and like it feels like he's telling like a real story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though it's about lies, (laughs) exaggerations. I I think it's so interesting. I I was really enjoying it. And I will say, you know, other than that, um, obviously we're going to be focusing on the boys here uh, once we really get rolling. But um, we finished, uh, shoot, what were we watching? Umbrella Uh, Academy. We finished Umbrella Academy. That's right. Yeah. We finished that. Um, That's great. All the way through season two. Really enjoyable. Um, and we picked up Lovecraft Country, and so we've been watching that. Oh, uh, dude, that first episode of Lovecraft Country is so awesome. fucking good. Yeah, it's awesome. so good. Yeah, so uh, Anna, the Anna other at episodes. Times, so oh, for sorry, the casual guys. watcher, Anna at times will look at me and be like, I don't even know what the heck is going on. And I have to be honest with her, unless you've read Lovecraft in depth, which I haven't either, I, I'm guessing that there are things that might fly over your head, but even if you haven't, and even if things do fly over your head, the acting's good. The visual effects are good. The story is compelling. Worth a watch for sure. I forget what the main uh, character Atticus is. The actor Jonathan something. Um, he is so good. He's There's a moment good. in season two, or in excuse me, in episode two, where he um, cry. He has like a moment where he's crying because a character has died, and I seriously was like it made me feel like I was going to cry watching him. Like I was like, that looks like real, like abject sadness. You know what I mean? Like it looked so, I was like, Oh my God, this is crushing me. Like it hurts to watch him be this hurt. Yeah. Um, how far, how far a bit into it have you gotten? I think we're at the, uh, we just watched the most recent episode. We just watched the episode where, uh, Letty bought the house and like they did the, the whole exorcism thing. That one was pretty good. Yeah. I like that was episode three. Episode two was really weird. Um, so it's like, see, episode one was incredible. Like probably one of the best episodes of TV I've seen in a while. And then episode two, I was like, I don't understand. And I've read a lot of Lovecraft. Feels like a standalone storyline, like they like they are. They're like they're mini all movies. fully. Yeah. yeah, they're all fully enclosed storylines with all the same characters. See, it's interesting. See, but here's the thing: they tied in stuff in episode three, so I just felt like. You know, they tied it back to episode two. Oh, so. no, they, they're all, it's all in the same universe, right? It's all in the same universe, but they're all individual stories, fully enclosed stories. They have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Watch it if you haven't, and you have access to HBO. <laughs> yeah, assuming that. Jeff, what have you been up to? Uh, I started watching uh, 
couple different things. One, I watched a couple episodes of Room 104, which is an HBO show. If you guys haven't seen it, it's similar to Lovecraft Country. These dude, it's weird. It's weird, dude. It is weird. Had, I have not given it a shot, but like I all the trailers. Dude, it's got three seasons. It's, it's super and I'm strange. Like, what is going on right there now? Is, there is one episode <laughs> that I wanted to talk about in which it's about a guy who's like written a novel on like late 90s technology. Like it's set in like the late 90s that that one episode is. And he's written a novel and he is going to L.A. to, you know, show the novel to like a distributor or something. And he realizes that the computer that he brought does not have the novel on it. So he has to walk his uh, mother into sending the novel to him. And it's (laughs) I've never related to a character before in my life. (laughs) You got to watch it. It is so so funny. funny. Like the actor is such a guy who the actor is. But it isn't is, it so? It's sorry. an anthology television show, sort of like Black Mirror, right? Every yeah. episode is completely enclosed, but it all takes place in the same hotel room. Yeah, every single story takes place in room one hundred and four. Some of it. Sometimes grounded. they're scary. Sometimes they're like, like fantasy, yep. sci-fi shit, and then sometimes they're just like apparently comedy. Sometimes it's it's grounded in most of it. You know, has some kind of as resonation where there's like a moment where it's like rings true or or has you know some payoff. But uh, for yeah, the most part, they have a message. Yeah, right. Uh, for Makes the sense. most part, it's uh, uh, grounded in reality. A lot of the episodes, you know, um, make sense. Uh, some of them are more fantastical. Um, like one of them's the the housekeeper uh, is coming in and she's uh, watching her uh, younger her experience the hotel room from like a different lens. I don't know. Some of it's like not, there's one episode that is just figurative dance. It's just two people. Um, uh, I forgot what that style of dance is called, but um, yeah, Inter- interpretive it, dance. Interpretive dance. That's what I was looking for. But I, I just want to talk about that one episode because Tyler, it's I don't know twenty or thirty minutes, and it is so funny. Um, um, I uh, do you know what season and what episode? it's season mm-hmm. one, like episode three or four. It's one of the first five episodes. Okay, I'll look. I'll look for that specific episode. But uh, I think I may. I've been wanting to check it out. Um, I just haven't had time to pick up another TV show right now, um, especially another show on HBO. I feel like I have to give some of the other networks a chance sometimes because I watch so much shit on HBO. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, real quick, before we jump into the boys, I'm going to give a quick update on uh, whether or not I've lost my sanity. Uh, Brian, you weren't here last episode, but um, I gave a first update of uh, I'm watching <laughs> currently... <laughs> watching a tv show that i don't know if i've ever hated anything more than this tv show so why are you still watching it i don't know it's because i it's 2020 and the apocalypse is happening and nothing makes sense anymore it's uh, the big bang theory uh, we're like in oh, season pass. four now pass. it's so bad it's the worst sitcom of all time it was somehow the most popular i'm trying to like understand i think we're in season three and i'm pretty sure the, the the character who um i think his name is raj um, you don't know in season four what the main character's name is oh he's one of the main characters i have no idea what his name is <laughs> he, he can't he still can't talk when women are in the room so for the most most of the series he's completely silent he's just an indian person east indian who is just in the room there's like kind of looking back and forth. He barely speaks. I'm like, what? This is this I would feels. Love to know how much he made per episode for that. 
yeah it, it feels not okay i'm like why doesn't this yeah. one person of color have any speaking lines in this episode what, what is happening <laughs> it's very weird I, it was the most popular tv show in america for like five years running yeah because no one else least. knew how to turn it off when they recognized yeah. it was a bad show <laughs> We just have been putting it on kind of the way that you're rewatching How I Met Your Mother, just like a sitcom that's on in the background before bed. But like, I am, I can't take my eyes away. It is so, like, it is bad, but like on a level that like no other thing I've ever watched can parallel. It's so, like, I'm sort of obsessed with it now. So I'm just going to be giving weekly updates on whether or not it's broken me (laughs) because it's on its way to doing it. Um, All right, so uh, we were, this is the second episode in a row that we're not going to talk about uh, the movies of Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know if this is going to be a, trend. a running a running trend where we just keep saying next week we'll talk about Leo movies, but um, we're going to switch it up because the season finale of The Boys uh, hit Amazon Prime on Spoiler Friday. alert. Spoiler alert. Turn, we're gonna turn talk it about, off if you haven't seen it. We're going to talk about all of season one. And all of season two for the boys. And we are going to spoil it. We're not going to do any non-spoiler shit. We're just going to jump right in. Um, and I think it's also a good springboard for maybe talking about uh, other universes. Um, or, you know, just the idea of, like, what if superheroes were real? And, like, you know, how that how our real world would actually, you know, bastardize their, their noble purpose, right? Um so I don't know. Why don't uh, Jeff? Do you want to do you want to start out with like how you felt about um, the boys season one and season two? Maybe, yeah, just whatever. Sure. I mean, I, do you I think, jump in? I think the boys is a fantastic TV show. I, I think the source material for the boys it's not my favorite comic book. Um, it's it's honestly more difficult for me to read. I don't I don't find it as enjoyable. So for them to take that source material and turn it into this show. I think is, is an incredible achievement. Um, quick, quickly, I want to jump in just real quick on that. Uh, that's how I felt about Game of Thrones. I read the first Game of Thrones book when I was in high school and hated it. I thought it was bad. I really did not like it at all. And then Game of Thrones, the TV show, was my favorite show for see. That's so <laughs> at funny least because six years. that's so funny because I actually picked up the first Game of Thrones book after. Uh, watching the show and I really enjoyed it. I, I liked how this thing that I loved on screen had so much more detail. So maybe it's just that one just is better, you know, you know, in a certain order. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. But anyway, I also read a lot of, or well, try, have tried to read the boys uh, multiple times. And uh, because everybody talks about it, you know what I mean? It's like one of those, like, Oh, you haven't read the boys. It's, you know, you no, have to I, read it. And while we're talking about it, if GRM does finish it, finish the story, and he uses the same endings that we saw in the show, I will go to his house with the books, <laughs> like them, and then myself on fire for him to see what he's done to me. <laughs> so you please have to bring it back to your displeasure with the show. I'm sorry. Please don't do this to me. Just use that as a uh, like so. a test audience and and do something. Different. <laughs> If he's listening, <laughs> George. Um, Girl, so yeah, please. <laughs> so I think that uh, the show, the the creators of the show, the people who whoever it is uh, was in charge of adapting this show for television, did a fantastic job of changing 
the narrative because not only is the comic book centralized on the concept of a group of human vigilantes taking down superheroes the show expands on that and decides to look at a realistic take on how superheroes would exist in a capitalistic society like the concept that superman wouldn't be benefiting off of his merchandising and that there wouldn't be a a uh, organization that developed out of managing the the pr and the financials of a uh superhero uh society like i think that their their use on that was what i found most exciting about the first season um yeah um I mean, just the show in general, I mean, it's a commentary on celebrity, right? And it and they're using superheroes as the guys, and it's just, it really works. It's really great. Um, was that all your thoughts? No, I mean, I, I thought that uh, in comparison between the two seasons, I thought season two kind of fell off a little bit. Like, I felt like season one um, was a little bit more put together. Like, season two just had things that, we're kind of up in the air, like things that just were left unexplained. I felt like season two went down a subplot of Nazis. And I, I, as much as I hate Nazis, just like everyone else, but I guess, uh, I hate him a little bit more than Donald Trump does, but, um, uh, Stand by. I, I feel like, I feel like they, that's kind of a cop out where they're just like, Oh, how do we make this villain a little bit more? Oh, you know what? We'll make him a Nazi. Everyone hates Nazis. <laughs> Um, well, Stormfront in the comics, I don't know if you ever got to that point, but it's a man, it's a male character who's like Homelander, but is a Nazi. So they, I think they were just trying to pay respect to the source material because, I mean, they already made her a woman. See, but, see, and here's the thing. I'm okay with the Nazi trope mainly because in the real world, they're those, back. Those are, the, those are the greatest – well, no. Those, they're those fucking are, back. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's not where I was going. That's currently. not where I was going. <laughs> they are the greatest, like, or not greatest, the most well-known actual real-life villains in the history of the real world. So, like, when you tie something back to it, like, to people, they go, oh, shit. You know what I mean? And it really adds this, like, this level of darkness to it because it's something real and tangible instead of this made-up thing. And so... Like when you have a character that's you know, you're making a hundred years old, absolutely it makes sense that she was tied to you know the Nazi stuff. Like we're well, just gonna what I love ignore that. About it, no. What I love about it is they tied it into um, I forget what that what it was called, but that project where we brought all the Nazi scientists after World War II into America yeah. and they progressed our science even further. Yes. And that that's how the superheroes came about was and, because of and major their... corporations that are still around today have huge ties to oh, like, are built all yeah, of them are built on Volkswagen, the backs like of the just, nazis yeah. yeah and so like when they have that story most of our the... computer technology our missile and rocket technology that takes uh our spaceships and outer space those are all developed by nazi scientists yeah, like, like america is built on the back of nazis and, and slaves outside of <laughs> and outside of their horrible yeah outside of their horrible atrocities uh <laughs> the the Nazis did a lot of stuff that advanced things. Like I'm not saying good things about them. They're fucking terrible. So let me lead off with that. But it just makes sense to me when you got this major corporation, you know, in the story that just is kind of like per pervasive over everything for them to have these, you know, ties back. It, it makes sense to me. So I, I don't have an issue with that at all. Yeah. 
Sorry for stealing your thunder there, Jeff. Uh, but Brian, I'm assuming you like the show. <laughs> yeah, I and I do this every every time we talk about it. But I I'm just like, I don't know why, absolutely on the edge of my seat, waiting for Homelander to start lasering everything with his eyes. And they do have that Dude. one like moment. <laughs> they do have that one Dude, moment where he just was like. like oh. Yeah, I, I started yelling. I was in bed. And I was just like, "Oh my god, he's doing it!" And he was just lasering like hundreds of people in the audience, like because they were all freaking out about him. And like, like, like to me, I don't like. I keep questioning in moments where Homelander's getting triggered. I keep questioning why he doesn't take it further. Now, perfect example. Like, I'm guessing anyone who's listening this far in has seen the show, understands what we're talking about, or just loves the sound of my voice. So I'll keep going here. Um, in the one of the last scenes, Butcher is standing there with Homelander's kid, which Homelander wants his kid back, and he hates uh, Butcher. And then he gets threatened by uh, Queen Maeve with a little video like, I'll release this to the people. And I understand the whole underlying theme of Homelander wanting to be loved. I get it. But why doesn't he just fly forward at the speed of light and take the phone out of her hand? And then kill her. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, know. why doesn't he turn around and say, you know, kill Butcher at the speed of light and be like, cool. All right, now the deal's on. I just needed to kill that guy. Like, it just feels to me, like, why doesn't he just laser her with his eyes? Like, like to me, that's the part that takes me out of it every time or makes me go, dude, there's, this character is, is too powerful for this to work. And in that situation, the dude is covered in blood. He's been deceived. The chick that he was like falling in love with is laying on the ground, burnt to a crisp and horribly maimed. Like, <laughs> I don't understand Jeff. how he just takes a deep breath and goes, okay, I'll, I'll succumb to your blackmail. Like, just fly yeah. through a chest, take the phone, problem solved, you can get, you can go kill well, everybody now. they have to keep the plot moving, Brian. I get and it. And they don't want to get rid of every I, character. I, they I, already I, killed the major character. I was, I was going to get I, there to that exact scene because he could have taken Queen Maeve. He, he kills Queen Maeve, he gets the phone... But my biggest problem and is he's in the driver's seat. Season yeah. one, one of the best episodes in season one is an episode where Homelander uh, and Queen Maeve go to stop a plane hijacking. And there's a scene where after they've defeated all of the hijackers, he goes into the cockpit and there's one more hijacker left who's got a gun to the pilot. And upon seeing Homelander, the guy shoots the pilot. Homelander's immediate reaction is to laser the hijacker. <laughs> In half, and, and <laughs> seeing that scene, <laughs> that scene is so seeing good that scene. <laughs> like, oh, why fuck, the fuck is Butcher up. still alive? Homelander <laughs> shows up, Butcher's standing there, Becca's dead, boom, dead. But uh, Queen, right. the, what is he waiting? There's like for? a 10 second like, gap I, between King, Queen Maeve walking up and like, I have a video, like, Butcher's dead in those 10 seconds. What do, yeah, why am I entertaining you talking? I can yeah. kill you with a freaking sneeze, like. It, to me, that feels like plot armor, and that's where it's that, it, I was gonna say it's called plot armor. It, Billy Butcher has plot armor. It he feels like, and, oh my god, I'm never gonna be able to stop doing this. It feels like Arya running through the streets of King's Landing with everything <laughs> blowing up around her, and you're just you like, oh problem. no way, give me a break. Like it felt the same thing with Butcher last night. I, I watched it last night, by the way. I finished it last night. It I watched felt, it last it night. It felt also. like the same thing oh, with no, Butcher, where he's standing there looking at him. Homelander is clearly done with their bullshit. Yeah. He's super, he's more powerful than everybody. The whole time, like all the fighting was happening with Stormfront, the, you know, the other superhero, the whole time I kept thinking, you guys better kill her really quick. Cause if Homelander gets here, he's going to murder everybody. Like there's no three way team up on Homelander. He's just going to kill all of you. You know what I mean? And it's not going to take very long. And so like, I kept saying that. And then all of a sudden he shows up, he's covered in blood and Butcher's there. And I was like, oh my God, Butcher's about to get like, like limbs picked off like grapes. 
you know like i did like how homelander came by and he, you have to assume that he just lasered those men one by one. Oh my god <laughs> that was the last i one. don't know because there was blood all over him so i'm thinking he got in there like with his hands and just started you know popping dudes like works. Well, the final episode of season one where he takes out that uh you know bomb base or oh. whatever it was and oh. you know what i mean the opening to it where he lands at the yeah. in the you know whatever he's he's a one-man you know strike squad um he literally it, like that was a very fun episode to watch because it is kind of fun to watch like you know this invisible invincible man just kind of tear through everybody the, f the funniest thing is I, I was like okay so they're gonna do this thing where they confront the soups or whatever what's their plan okay they go out to an open field they must have like a bunch of shit planned to like combat these guys but it didn't really feel like they had much of a plan i'll be honest with you like i was just like oh you guys are just planning for an open confrontation with these like juiced out superheroes that are going to keep the crap out of you like it took three of you guys stepping in there to like beat the weaker one what was your plan when homelander arrived you know like because the whole plan was to get him away or whatever but like what was the plan for when he figured out your deception and showed up you know what i mean like there wasn't one yeah and so well, i like the part where I liked how they got Homelander away with those speakers. Did you notice that the speakers yeah, were Vought, Vought, Vought yeah. speakers? I was I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, so they're also a tech company? I didn't realize that. And then it's interesting. Right. But um, it seems like they're almost like a uh, what is it like an Apple or like I mean you know, I, I'm sure that their, in their season three or four they're gonna reveal that they have some superhuman that has super intelligence that is just whipping out incredible technology at some point. Yeah, I'm just. I, I did like the the that the all the speakers playing that like dog whistle noise that like just like fucked up Homelander's head and the kid's head. I just don't see how um, this show goes any other way than at some point they have to f come up with a plan or like uh, like a solution to how to fight Homelander. Yeah. and he snaps and starts killing tons of people. Like I just don't see how. The storyline goes any other way because over and over again it has shown him like on the on the edge of losing his mind on the edge of <laughs> losing his patience and like even showing the scene where he's lasering an entire crowd of people and like even there at the end like it he comes back from the brink of like just killing everybody but like you know and, and his desire to be loved wins out but i just don't see how again this goes any other way than him just being like you know what i don't care anymore like and just killing everybody and like them having to have some kind of solution to killing him. I just, I yeah. don't, I don't see it. Like, I don't, I don't, I think all the roads lead there if they do more seasons, yeah, which I, I think they've confirmed so there's, more seasons, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, so the, there's a famous comic book by Mark Wade called Irredeemable in which a Superman-esque hero I was about to bring um, this up. does go insane. And it's, that's an awesome comic book to read because what it, what it examines is one, his like former Justice League-ish people, um, are trying to figure out what made him snap. And they're like, oh, like, you know, he had a relationship with this reporter. Let's go ask her. And the reporter's like, oh, no, we never dated. He just saved me a couple times. You know, it seemed like he wanted more, but I wasn't really into dating a superhero. And, like, as they slowly pulled, peeled back the layers, what they reveal in this irredeemable comic book, spoilers, by the way, anyone that wants to read it, um, <laughs> is that uh, this, this person had never actually truly connected with humanity that he was this person that was presented as the savior of humanity, but he never actually was allowed to participate in it. That after he had kind of- I mean, it's the Dr. Manhattan paradox, right? It's like, once once you're a god, how do you how do you give a shit right. about- why do, why do you care anymore? Right. 
yeah, what's the point? You're so far beyond what humans can be or can accomplish. Like, well, and do they're, you and have they're any just relation so, to them? Like, their bullshit is just so fleeting to you because you're not going to die that you're like, whatever, I'm just okay. going to go somewhere else where I don't have to deal with this and I'm going to wait for your entire I'm, species to die out. I'm going to wait for about out. 15 years and then come back and have a show. And that's just a blip. It's just a blip in, in my existence. It's, I'm like, I'm not even going to remember you in a couple of lifetimes. You know what I mean? Let's talk about the deep and A train and that weird church that they're in. I mean, uh, let's talk about. I want to actually, in that, I want to talk about quickly how the show is directly commentating or commenting, excuse me, on celebrity culture and like what and like what it takes to be a celebrity and how they're all so obsessed with, you know, their status. And I first off, I love that's my favorite part of the show is that commentary on like what of like these people as these attention craving you know all they care about is their image like they just want everybody to love them the deep is clearly (laughs) tom cruise in this most recent season it's like all of the rumors you hear about tom cruise are being used to be the deep did you guys pick up on that i've never even thought about it but now that you say it it kind of makes sense to me it's all so all the things you hear about Tom Cruise, which I'm these are all alleged. I'm not saying that Tom Cruise is this way. I love Tom Cruise uh, as an actor. I think he's and I mean as a person, he seems extremely interesting. I don't, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with that. But you know, he's a part of a, a strange church that seems very much to be a cult um, from the outward appearance, um, and they say that uh, they bring in women and and interview them to like basically audition as like his girlfriends and wives. And that's how like Katie Holmes got a part, became a part of his life. And then she was basically in a way held hostage as Tom Cruise's wife um, to keep him happy. And the deep is given essentially that same situation in this season, which I thought was very funny. Um, That cult of what was the church of the, I, I didn't really like the church subplot that much, so I didn't follow it that closely. Really? Oh, I thought it was so interesting. I was actually really excited for them to be... I was like, oh, okay, they're setting these guys up as, like, the, the big bad guys for, like, the following season. Right, and I, I didn't feel like they didn't twist do enough at the with end. It. Yeah, I felt like they that didn't twist do enough of... with it. I was, the whole time I was watching, I was like, were well, you guys going to dive into these dudes and show where their real influence is? Like, I'm not really getting it. Yeah, I was I I was really excited for them to dive into it. Well, and then we get into the twist, but the deep. Let's talk about the deep. It, like his him as celebrity, right? Like he's that. I mean, they it, what a great character. What a great way to use a character like Aquaman and make him a continue. You know, a continued punching bag. <laughs> like you're useless. You talk to fish, and that's fucking dumb. <laughs> kind of shit. Um, is very funny, and um, you know, in this season he brings a whale to a party and they just <laughs> run into it <laughs> to kill the whale. Oh man. Which, He's one of the funniest. Brutal. That actor does a really good job of, uh, Chase Crawford. Yeah. yeah he does a really good job of like being that guy. That's just like everybody's joke, <laughs> but at the same time, he's trying so hard to like, and he's so dumb. Yeah. He's so dumb too. And, then you, and then you made me marry that weird chick and she gives terrible blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying when I heard that. That's yeah, it was very good. I also like how he's like, what? A-Train did it? Fuck you. Fuck you. He's like, it's yeah. he switches. Yeah. He's just super <laughs> like, I never liked e- him. Eagle the Archer? Yeah. yeah, he's my brother. Yeah. 
Oh no, he's not a part of the church anymore? Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy hard. Yeah, that yeah, guy's awful. That guy. Never liked him. He's yeah. terrible. Yeah. Dude, yeah, it's very so funny. funny. Um, I want to know about the Fresca thing. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I was waiting for them to say that there was like compound V in it or, you know, like some kind what of like mind control on? drug or whatever. But like they never really got into it. And he's like, fuck Fresca. The guy's just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, he's very highly entertaining for sure. I'll, I'll say yeah, he's the thing that that I'm most excited for for the next season is is the big twist at the end with the senator or whatever the one that's been gunning down plot the whole season to be revealed as the person with the mind control powers that has been bl- or the, the mind, mind exploding yeah, whatever like, she and, has and yeah, just, like, brain exploding I'm annoyed powers. because they introduce this whole insane asylum where they introduce this super awesome girl that has the ability to blow people's heads and then they introduce is it the same chick I don't I, think that's what we were trying to figure no, that out no because because. It can't, it can't be. be. They don't. They don't look the same. I don't know. I don't think they're the same person. Unless she is like face changing. Powers. They're not. Two different people. They're because because that chick like that chick in the insane asylum was targeting everyone. She's just killing people. Whereas uh, and she had a shaved head. I mean, let's and just this not this other girl like, like Mallory or not Mallory, but whoever the deputy director of the FBI CIA was killed in the first episode with her head being blown up. That was the end of the first episode, and so like. Clearly, Vought has some kind of way to use the assassin, and like, um, so it's it's clear that this person is the assassin. And the reason why I brought this up is because I feel like it's kind of like a 1984 subplot. And the reason, what I mean by that, is 1984. My favorite part of that book uh, is that the government that has this all-encompassing power has also created their own revolutionaries, their own dissidents, to draw in the people that hate the government. So they can then know who those people are and reform them. So it's like not only do they control themselves, but then they also they control society and they control the the rebellion, the counter exactly, yeah. And and that kind yeah. of all encompassing control is really exciting to me when I read that book. And I feel like that's exactly what she, what that person is. Is that's exciting to you? Not terrifying, but exciting. <laughs> no, I'm saying I, I, like I just like that. Like I thought that concept. I never thought of it before. A government that not only controlled everything yeah, it's but very also, smart george orwell was a man beyond his time it was very and, impressive and i hope that's the direction the that they're going with her is that she's like oh yeah i hate bot and then she's like actually because <laughs> she clearly works for bot with yeah she's Vought's assassin yeah. she's Vought's secret assassin and yeah she is controlling but they are controlling both sides of this the narrative and i hope i hope is, they dive, they dive more into that Especially with Huey, yeah, well, uh, uh, Huey joining her her team or whatever, like I feel like that's clearly the direction that they're going. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, whew, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's uh, that was a great twist when that happened. I couldn't believe it. I genuinely was like, oh, oh shit! I I thought I saw this whole thing coming. I was very wrong. Yeah, um, I, I'm glad that Stormfront isn't going to make it into another season. Is that confirmed? I like that actress, Aya Cash. Is that but... confirmed? I'm pretty sure the character's dead. Oh, yeah. Was she going to put her in a Darth Vader suit? Or I what? didn't fucking see her die. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I guess we didn't see her draw her last breath, but um, she has no limbs and half of a yeah, face. Yeah, A-Train fucking healed his leg in like 20 minutes. From season one, he gets his leg broken by Kimiko, and like oh, yeah. season one, the next episode, that. he's running around killing people again. Uh, yeah, well, he had the whole training montage out on the train. No, that was the previous episode. That there is literally, you see a train get his leg broken and he escapes in the penultimate episode of season one. No, it shows him with a brace on, pulling a train. Oh, does it? Oh. Yeah, he 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 like 
Yeah, he like rehabs, and the dude's like, "Dude, you're coming back too soon." And he's like, "I'm fine." And then that's when his brother's like, "You're on V again. You're on that compound V again." Yeah, it's like in the V is healing him. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that episode. What did you guys think of Lamplighter? (laughs) Was it interesting to see Bobby from the X Men? Yeah, it's funny. I I kept picturing him like with the ice powers. With ice powers? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I feel like and like it was. I feel like that was just a wasted opportunity. Like, yeah, he his his best. He was best served as a plot device for Frenchie to, you know, reveal that he wasn't just some junkie that he, you know, had loyalty to his friends, I guess. I don't know. But then he just kills himself. And I was like, well, so your purpose was to fucking what? Like, I don't know. That's what I'm talking about. With it. There's all these just missed opportunities where I just don't understand. I don't see how that's in a missed opportunity. I think that he served his purpose as a character in the show. Like, I mean, they brought Sean Ashmore in. To play the character. Do you look up their names? Like, how do you know his name? That guy is so obscure. He's not obscure. He's, I like him. I think he's a good actor. Sean Ashmore. He was born in London. No, I I will not accept that. That's weird that you know his name. Nobody knows his fucking name. His mom forgot his name. I I don't want to hear this shit. Um, Like, stop it. You're creeping me out with that. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Sean Ashmore. The, dude, the porn he's, thing was, was Bobby. The porn. That, I was going to bring that where up. He was like, it, you're the, you're the fluffers, fluffer, whatever the hell he says. <laughs> you're the cuck. You're the fluffer for the cuck. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> damn, that was harsh, dude. I'm waiting for Huey. I would love to see Huey in season three, get some compound beads, start kicking ass. I'm going to be honest. Like that guy deserves to get to whoop some ass at some point. It's hard to watch. Everybody's just step on that guy, man. So I think at some point in the comics, the boys actually do have some sort of pill that gives them like temporary superpowers so that they can actually keep up and do battle. I think that happens at some point in the comics. Like I said, I've never made it even through the first trade. I don't love uh, Garth Ennis. Um, he's not, he's not necessarily my favorite. And honestly, even like the, all the other books that he, like the boys is probably the closest Oh, preacher. He I read a lot of preacher actually, but um, he's just not my you know he's not my cup of tea when it comes to like you know in regard to comic books. Um, but this show is amazing, and this world that he created, and like this commentary on like capitalism and um, the media, like the way that they use the news in the show is really brilliant. Um, the way that they um, the way that they comment on the Marvel movies is really funny to me. Like talking, they just constantly talking shit about how all it is is superhero movies in the world now. Um, I think that that's it's really kind of interesting that even superheroes, you know, are utilizing meme culture to like you know, boost themselves. And it's like, man, even with all the superpowers, all the power, you can go kill thousands of people. Like people literally, you can make them bow to you because you're so terrifyingly powerful. And yet you're still leaning on a a dude on a computer making memes to boost your image. You know, like, I mean, obviously that there's a commentary in itself to like what people care about or what, (laughs) what gets the message home. It's just crazy to me. So, and I think the comment was really about Trump and how he won the election, right? Like it's the root Absolutely. of the memes Absolutely. through keeping his name in people's mouths, and that's how he won, and that's what she's doing. I mean, they 
they didn't even shy away no, from it in this season. There was uh, there are moments where she's like, "Let's make America safe again," and <laughs> shit like that, and it's just like, okay, <laughs> that's a little yeah. heavy-handed and on the nose. Yeah, she was, she was <laughs> but, definitely. You know, it has to be definitely. There's like an entire episode dedicated to like her immigration policies and all this shit. And it's just like, yep, the xenophobia, her attack on the media, on terrorism, absolutely. Yeah. F- fake news, Trumpy. yeah. Um, yeah, we can't we can't let them into our country. We need to save that. Like we need to be safe. And then they did get shot, and we they're don't like, know. "Well, it doesn't change what the guy was trying to do." <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, so let me ask you this. I, I'm, I'm more interested in talking about what do you guys think the show is going. So, in an episode, you see Homelander try and laser Stormfront, and Stormfront is able to withstand it. Obviously, he might not have been using his full blast. But do you guys think that it's possible that because Ryan, Homelander's son, is a natural-born, super-powered person, that his powers are somehow more powerful? That's a good point. I actually didn't even consider that. Like, they, we had seen that she's she can withstand the laser blasts. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think it's more like his was an uncontrolled blast. It's kind of like a baby snake. You sure. know, it's more, more volatile because it doesn't know how to control its stuff kind of thing. Whereas Homelander was just going to hit in her with a concentrated blast. <laughs> Baby Snake is more volatile because it doesn't know how to control its stuff. <laughs> it's I don't my favorite sentence of all time. I don't, why? I don't get it. But I'm not hearing it. It was just a weird way to say that. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah, we saying. understand. A, a, a young snake is scarier because it releases it's all its venom on its point. It's yeah, a baby rattlesnake is more deadly because it doesn't control its poison, yeah. like the amount of poison it Baby snake it more volatile, gives you baby. everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get my point. But anyway. Because it doesn't control its so, Like, especially, especially, <laughs> especially considering, <laughs> mute yourself, especially, especially considering um, that Homelander, when he shoots lasers out of his eyes, it's a very concentrated beam. Versus when they, it shows that glimpse of the kid letting it loose. Yeah, it was... You know, the the light just really explodes out of his eyes. So I right. think it was more of like a, a blast and not like a concentrated light. But, I mean, the blast barely hit yeah. Becca. Um, that was kind of interesting. What cut her neck? They just had to have her die slowly. I was like, right? did the chick like, the like react and rip her throat yeah. out or something? That, that was like, my what, guess. What happened there? Well, she had her. She was strangling it, her. So I'm guessing in the blast, it must have like ripped her throat a little bit. Yeah, it was just like a rigor mortis type like squeeze or something. something. I don't know. But like it, to me, it didn't look like she got burned at all. Yeah. So it looked like at least the kid managed to just hit Stormfront. So that I was, was kind of confused crushing. as to why he was getting blamed for the mom's death. It looked like Stormfront. I knew, I knew as soon as we saw it, I was like, oh. Becca is a goner. It, there's no like as soon as the kid started screaming, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna kill his mom!" And like, but it didn't change the fact that when it happened and it showed it, I was actually crushed. Like that was a character death that like I was like, "Oh, Butcher's whole story has been about getting her back." You know, the funny you thing know, is, for is two seasons, once and he, he finally the, has her, and once he had the kid, I was like, "Oh, okay, so his story arc is gonna turn to protecting the kid." You know, because all of a sudden Vought's going to be coming for the kid and like, there you go. Now it's just replaced the mom as his like reason for being butcher. But then he gives the kid away at the end of the episode. And I was like, uh, yeah, but I bet it's temporary. Yeah, I, I guarantee you I it's it temporary. Becomes... Uh, like they're going to go through like Homer's going to have a crisis of faith for season three. 
he's going to come around and he's going to protect, he's going to protect Ryan. He's probably going to die protecting Ryan. And that's probably going to be his, his story arc is butcher. Yeah. I don't think butcher, but I think that Carl Urban is too integral to the store, to the series. They're not going to kill him off. I hope <laughs> I will have a lot less reasons to watch if he's not in it. The way that that man says the word fuck is so powerful. <laughs> yeah. I, I really love Carl Urban. I, I don't think I've seen him in anything that I didn't like, even like terrible TV show that he did called, what was that? Almost human or something like that. Did anyone, either of you guys ever see that? It got canceled out like halfway through its first season. It wasn't very good, but um, he's in that too. And he's just, I mean, Aomer, since he showed up on the screen as Aomer, I, I've been a big fan of Carl Urban. Also, if you could, Jeff, I know you've seen it, but Brian, have you seen Dread? Yes. The not the not the Sylvester Stallone one, but I've the one Carl Urban in. I've seen both. Yeah, he's good. He, that, oh my god, I want to I want a second Judge Dread movie. Hey, so I don't bad. know if you know this actually, and I think you'll enjoy this. Lord of the Rings, the Theoden Amazon series, the Theoden Charge. Um, uh, outside of Gondor, where he like death and he leads his men. Yeah, you know oh, that in the book that that's Aomer, right? Clearly, you didn't know that. So I was I'm reading. Trying it. To remember, so saying we've been wrong. I was reading it and basically not reading the book, but reading a post about it. And, uh, and basically, what happens in the book is uh, Aowen. Fuck it, is that her name? Uh, the one that fights <clears> the <throat> Witch King. Uh, she fights Aowen. and kills him, but is like hella injured. And he thinks she's at Aomer finds her, thinks that she's yeah. dead and she's a sister, right? So he gets all upset. Basically before anyone can get to him and console him, he gets back on his horse and with like reckless abandon goes and rallies his troops up, up on the hill and gives like a very similar speech to what Theoden does. And then just freaking mad dashes in like a blind rage over what happened with his sister. So that's what happens in the book. So that would have been a call urban moment that they took from him. You know where he just in his I, in his rage. I love that right, scene. Yeah, uh, don't be uh, that, oh, that as it, as is. is really I'm great. happy with it. Like it, it's one of those uh, book changes that I'm okay with. It's you know, yeah, like leaving Tom Bombadil out, which everyone talks about, and I'm like, why would you want that character? And all he does is sing. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's literally the narrator. Yeah, like yeah, it's he's literally J.R. Tolkien or something. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. um, yeah. So that's just kind of an interesting thing that Carl Urban, I think, could have killed that spot too. But I'm, I wasn't mad with how they how they did it. No, but that is interesting. I would have been a good, but I mean, that's like his first major screen role. You know what I mean? I think he had been on like, so here's something interesting. Uh, Carl Urban is Australian or New Zealander. Um, the guy who plays Homelander, Anthony Starr, also New Zealander. Queen Maeve, Australian. There's a lot of Aussies in that show and they're all playing American. If we noticed that Australians are taking over our planet, I mean, I <laughs> you got the Hemsworth brothers, you got Margot Robbie, you got Nicole Kidman, you got Hugh Jackman. I'm okay with it. There's a lot of. Some, what I'm that? okay with it. There's some pretty gorgeous people down there, apparently. Yeah, I was gonna say they're all extremely attractive. They're all they all have really cool accents. That woman, I, mean, I forget her name, but that woman that plays Queen Maeve. I'm sorry, I'm gonna be a creepy guy for a second. That woman is so stunning every time she comes on screen i like lose my breath a little bit i'm like oh my god she is so beautiful she was in a show called um hell on wheels that uh she's she's very talented actress very good that scene where she's 
Anyway, I'm, 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 I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm very hungover. I went to a wedding last night and drank way too much. I slept in a van, so oh, <laughs> yeah, I had a, I, I'm, I'm very tired, so my brain is a little bit scattered. But um, she's very good. She's very beautiful. Where was I going with that? I don't know. There's a lot of Aussies in this show. Anthony Starr is, I'm very glad that he has shown up on in America because I think that he's like the next something. Like he's going to be big. He is so good as Homelander. I guess he was on another show called like Banshee, I think it was, maybe, that people really liked, but no one really watched. Um, it was on like Showtime, HBO's Little Brother. I don't know. He's got brown hair. I don't know. Sorry, guys. I just went off on a tangent, and I have no idea where I was going. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, the Homelander guy is good, though. He's He does a really good job of just being unhinged, and at the same time, he, then he quickly turns it around to being that guy on the TV that's, like, super composed. Like, I think he does a really good job. How interesting was it to see him in this final episode just, like, objectively loving his son and, like, being, like, a good dad? Was that weird to you guys? I was like, this is so I, I weird. I don't agree with that, though, because you even see moments where the kid, you know, is like, I can't, I'm trying. And he just looks away, like, super pissed, like, you're not living up to me. Yeah. You know, and like. But then he turns and he says, hey, it's okay. Like, you'll get it. Yeah, but we'll, that we'll to me is else. the guy on camera that plays the role. The When he's showing his real face is when he can't bite back a look and he has to, like, look away from him. Like, that's the real Homelander that'll turn on that little kid. You the, don't the think that The guy that turns back was... and says something textbook is. The guy that plays at the cameras. You don't think that in when when we were kids and I was playing baseball and Dad was the coach and I had my third strikeout of the of a game that Dad didn't just have that little gut wrench of disappointment. Of course he did, but he never told me that, right? Like, of course he was disappointed. He Dad wanted me to be good at baseball. I wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't his fault, but I'm sure he was disappointed by it, but he didn't like hold that off. So I think that that's just a real human yeah, I, moment. I agree that fatherhood him, is, where is he's... about perception to an extent, like it's about what you pass on to the kid. And, and the fact that he doesn't let the kid see that is kind of the point. Like, yeah, Homelander, just like every parent is going to have moments of, you know, flaws. But the fact that he's not in front of the kid, like admonishing him or scolding him, at least yet, I agree that I think that he played a good father role for that final episode. Um, I just I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And then they, t he, so it shows him like and how much he really wants to be with his kid, and then it shows Butcher taking the kid from him. Like that was actually like a brutal scene for me, you know. I was like, okay, now both these men have lost their women, and they're fight now. All they have left is this boy to to fight over, and you know what's gonna happen. And Butcher sitting there with a crowbar. <laughs> against Homelander and is not backing down. I, I was just like, this is going to suck for you. I thought, honestly, what was going to happen there was that they are going to reveal that Billy Butcher had superpowers all along or something, that he was a soup, that he's just been hiding his abilities or something. Um, well, they just did that with the uh, politician. Like, how many times are you going to do that? You know what I mean? Well, they did that after that scene with Butcher. Sure. And Jeff said he'll, he'll freaking riot if Billy Butcher ever gets powers. I think you some did. of my biggest yeah, – yeah, I, I disagree that Billy, Billy Butcher's entire identity is that he doesn't believe that superheroes and humans can coexist. So giving him powers is the worst thing to do to his character. That completely negates 
his best moment, which is season one in that therapy group where he's sitting there talking about humans rioting and needing self-respect and where's your fucking rage? Like that is the quintessential Billy Butcher and and to, to give him powers and let him be okay with having powers and using those powers is a terrible development for his character. Yeah, and there's been plenty of moments I, where I think he was the like... biggest shortcomings of the show for season two. Um, one of the things that I really dislike that a lot of television shows do is they hit the reset button. Like, look at the beginning of season two versus where we're going to start with season three. Like, the boys, you know, Butcher still doesn't have Becca. He's still an angry guy. Huey's still a start. Like, I just feel like they didn't have a drastic shift. Like, from season one to season two, from where they began to where season two began, there was a completely different starting point. The characters were in completely different positions. I feel like from where we ended season two to where we started season two, there wasn't a lot of gain. I, I guess. I mean... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I feel like a lot happened. Yeah. Stormfront lived and died uh becca right. lived but and died they those became characters, characters in the show only existed for the season like stormfront's not going to have a future impact in the season because she's gone becca's not going to have a future impact in the season because she's gone the church but becca did have a role in season one whether she was on screen or not she had a big and she's the that, whole reason the for same Butcher's impact character. that she had in season one is the same impact she's going to have in season three of butcher just being gone like what i'm saying is there's not acceleration to it, it they just reset a lot of the characters to what they were before Hey, Jeff, can you do me a favor real quick? Sorry to interrupt. Can you just turn the volume up on your mic sure. just a little bit? I had, you're, I had the dog. You're just a little quiet. Right, but here's the thing. Huey, at the end of that episode, or at the end of the finale, jumped on the task force of the freaking True. villain chick. So his situation is going to be completely different. Um, yeah, I'm honestly... I think you're wrong, Jeff. I mean, I think the boys have broken up because they feel like they've won and Butcher's, in a way. Yeah, and Butcher's entire M.O. is... To the wind, the chick's dead. Like the whole reason for him doing but anything is that's where he just died. In, so he's so going to be have to give. That's where he was in season one. And, and you basically on. have to. And hold on, the driving motivation for Mother's Milk was protecting his family, and like the whole thing with him being separate, trying to get back to him, and he's back with him. It's like a totally different his, situation for him now. Friend, Frenchie and Kimiko are friends again, and, and learning like, how to communicate. Teaching. And like, I'll give you Frenchie yeah. and Kimiko. I'm okay with I them. I love Karen. Mother's Milk Fukuhara, in the beginning of season one was a guy that hated Flot and lived with his family. He's back to his season one role. Butcher's back to his season one role of having believed that his wife was dead and wants to blame Flot for that. Here's the thing. I think that you're wrong, first of all. <laughs> Here's the thing. So you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start there. Second, I think that this season literally showed, like the finale, first off, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> You're wrong in so many ways. They literally, the band broke up. Every Huey's like, I'm done with them. I'm here for you now to start light. Frenchie and, and, and Kimiko are off on their own. Mother's Milk went back to his family. Butcher literally just walked away from Mallory. Yeah, Mallory. And when she's like, well, I'll give you a job. And he just walks away without speaking to her, like as if to say, I'm I'm done, I'm out, you know? And his wife is gone, so he has no reason to fight, we think, but he promised her that he would take care of the kid. That kid's gonna be put into a position of danger and he's gonna get the band back together. I think that's the only way that we have it. I mean, I I, I think that you couldn't be further from from uh what 
I mean, we're closer to the beginning of season one at the end of this season. That was his point, though, is he's feeling like it's like going back to the roots. And I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, honestly, it felt like it was made in a way where, you know, I know where season three is probably greenlit or whatever you guys said before, but uh, yeah. like they could have stopped it right here. I mean, like, really. I'll, I'll be okay with it, to be honest. Like, it, they blew up the like head of the church's thing. Like, obviously, they have a potential villain uh, with the senator chick. Um, but I mean, really like everyone's loose ends are pretty tied and like anything going forward would be like completely like the reset thing you guys are talking about, but with characters that have gone through so much and have new development, like look at Hewings in the beginning of episode one, he's just a dude with a girlfriend and then she freaking explodes and now look at him. Like obviously he's still the, uh, the cuck fluffer, but at the same time, like, <laughs> like he's got so many more experiences and he's done so much to like step yeah, up but to the he's plate. He's not using that, like, his those experiences. It's not like different. he's building on those experiences to use those to something like, it's not like he's using the training that he's had with the boys to be, you know, a military person. He literally went back. But hold on. What, what training? I'm just saying, what like, training? it's not like he used his experiences like, to fighting superheroes to go join the CIA. That would have been using his character development for growth. Instead, what he did, he started season one as, a, one as an employed person unaffiliated with superheroes. And he's starting season three as an employed person unaffiliated with superheroes with a girlfriend. Fighting fighting superheroes. I, I would argue that it's – this is going back to my wants and dreams here. But I would argue that it's kind of a perfect scenario for him to, like – get his hands on some compound V soup it up. And then suddenly he's just a guy with some bigger fighting balls, who? you know, like if the Senator chick, or I don't know, like Homelander, like if somebody needs to fight Homelander, the only guy I can think of that even has a, a prayer against Homelander would last more than a second is his own kid. Who's like nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like can any, is there, do we have anything that goes up against Homelander when Homelander finally says, you know what? I'm done with this crap. Like, I'm done with people's approval. Like, I'm just going to kill everybody that pisses me off. Like, literally, this seems like prime opportunity for, you know, uh, Homelander to just snap at some point and become the real overarching villain that he's like, you know, like I said, primed to be. Like, uh, what's the superhero comic where uh, Superman snaps and just starts uh, like a totalitarian regime? Injustice. Huh? Yeah, like, it just feels like, like Homelander could easily do that. You'd have like this crazy storyline of Homelander just like, you know, being so much more unpredictable than he already feels Problem like he is. Um, Dude, if they know. go that direction, if they do like an Injustice style, like, uh, version of the boys, yeah. yeah, where like he takes over, I would, I'm fucking here See, for that. That would be sick. I, would actually be, I might be, be nitpicking yeah. here, but I feel like, like, there's a difference between Injustice and Irredeemable. Though, Jeff, you are definitely. There's a difference nitpicking. between <laughs> Injustice and Irredeemable because the main motivations of the character who snaps. Superman snaps because he had this extreme connection to humanity and that was stolen from him. And that's what made him snap and. and right. And Homelander's a, a corrupted version of that where his connection to humanity is his want yeah, for the world. Yeah, so that's, love. that's more irredeemable. And that is just. What I'm saying is that has so far, all the way through the finale of season two, held up as like more important than anything. And I'm saying there's yeah. a limit to that. And like all of a sudden he's going to be like, you know what? Fuck your love. I'm the most powerful man alive. It's time to go. We're changing things up. I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I just really quickly want to bring back to that moment where he lasers all those people in that crowd. That was, I was the like, most. Oh, uh, yeah. he did it. He did I lost it. my mind for a second. I, I, mean, was that like, I can't been, believe they did it. I that can't may have been imaginary, but what about the season well, one where the deaf guy is, is auditioning for the team and he walks up and he's, that was the first episode yeah, of season two. 
he just fucking <laughs> blows that two teams. All right, I got a question you for you. think I was going to let a cripple on the team? I was like, oh, shit. I got a question for you. Do you think the senator can kill Homelander? Oof, I don't know. But that, that twist was very Because I think the whole thing that they've established is that the compound V, while it gives you specific powers, it also gives you kind of like an like a external impenetrability, right? Because we've seen over and over again them not be able to take damage uh, due to like you know bullets or you know whatever getting thrown around. But her thing is she's like popping them like balloons from the inside, right? Which is what happened with Translucent, where they shove a bomb up his butt, right? And so <laughs> my question is, you know, does that mean that she can just kill literally? Any- I mean, we saw her kill this the, a couple superheroes in there, right? She killed the speedster that replaced A-Train. I mean, I think and that show's definitely hearing. benefiting from a lack of depth towards how powers work and, and what. Like, they haven't sat there and said, this people have these powers. Like, my first thought in season one, when you're getting introduced to all these characters, the first half of season one, I was like, oh, so Compound V gives you... Uh, a combination of super strength and super durability, and then some people also develop other mutations as well. Like A-Train is super strong, super fast, and he has super speed. Um, or And he's also super durable. Queen Maeve is super strong, super durable. Translucent, super strong, super durable. Homelander is super strong, super durable, and he can fly, and he has laser vision. Like, I felt like that's what was going on. But then you meet Mesmer, who has the ability to read people's minds, but not super strong or super durable. He gets his fucking wrist snapped. So, like... And his fucking face <laughs> busted in. <laughs> so, so whether or not, so like clearly it's not just Compound V giving everyone some form of super strength and super durability. I guess those people that develop super strength and super durability are just the ones that Vought grabs in and, and highlights into superhero status. Yeah, I it, like I, it was my curiosity because I'm picturing the senator running around that room acting scared and trying to get out of there, but she's popping heads. And I was like, why wouldn't Homelander be how her did, prime How target? did um, A-Train... He's the biggest How did problem. A-Train inject Compound V? Did he have syringes? Like, how does a syringe... Well, yeah, but that's the point. How does it go through his skin if a bullet... Um, well, um, have, I mean, I don't know. That's the part that I'm confused on. Like, are we assuming that they all have mm-hmm. that, like, external invulnerability? Because Translucent had it. Stormfront had it. Homelander definitely has it. Have we seen other people with it? Yeah, I mean, Kimiko gets her head bashed in a thousand times at light speed in a, by A-Train. And, but she's got the Wolverine healing powers. But so she's still able to right? keep her skull in one piece when he's slamming her head into a concrete wall at the speed of light in season one. Uh, well, A-Train tracks her, yeah, A-train tracks her down either. to like a, a tunnel, uh, to like a subway tunnel when she's running from the boys. And he's got her over in a corner, just going bam, 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 bam. And then, and then Frenchie walks over and goes, "Oh my god, it's A Train!" and gets all the people over. And Kimiko like gets up and runs away. So she has some kind of durability as well. Um, but Kimiko's yeah. brother got his wrists and neck snapped, no problem. Star, I think Starlight. It's kind of been insinuated that she's got the she's, same. She's definitely or whatever. Uh, yeah, she took a fucking bullet to the chest in, episode, in season one. There you go. Uh, from like that huge gun that pushed her. See, and all on that, me. all those different people that have it, lead me to believe that it's just kind of a thing that you know comes with compound V's. You have. It's some not everyone of... though. There's people that have powers that don't have super durability and super strength. It's just certain, like the people that develop super super durability and super strength, Vought finds, and 
So they just get mm-hmm. to slap it on whoever they want without having to explain yeah, that. Yeah, and that's like, why I'm saying the show some is... Why some people don't? I, who, the show I mean, guys, Jeff, Jeff, your favorite comic, your favorite superhero comic characters of all time are the X-Men. <laughs> why does everybody have a different mutation? And why are some people's mutations laser vision and other people's mutations claws? How does that's that work with laser vision where Cyclops can just have this burning hot thing on his eyeball like, and it doesn't yeah, affect him at that's all? That's not how a human – that's not how human mutation would work. If human mutation really happened, we would maybe have two and everybody – like everybody who was a mutant would have one of those two mutations. You know what I mean? And it would happen very slowly over time. It's not like – thousand ten thousand people have just a random superpower too much that's not how mutation works yeah you're a type a superhero so you're the one with the uh, invulnerability and you can fly and you have an extra power on top and you're a type b where all you have is the ability to heal a little bit but if someone's just repeatedly ramming your head into something it's gonna break (laughs) so get ready for that also you're really good at ripping people's faces off (laughs) <laughs> but leaving the muscles somehow not unattached. So yeah, I, I just feel like that's just a part that you're going to have to, like you have to overlook, you have to suspend your disbelief or whatever, because yeah, whatever, Jeff, I'm, I mean, but, but it leads back to my question of, do I, do you guys think the Senator is able to pop Homelander the same way that he pops other people? And why wouldn't she target? The, the only thing I can say anyone? is the show is going to do whatever because it wants. Because she works if for the Vaughn. show wants the Homelander to die in that way, then yeah, she's going to win. And it's the same thing with comic books. Like, the question of whether or not this superhero can be that superhero is a moot point because it all depends on who is writing the comic and who is the Who's main character. It. If it's a Wolverine yeah. comic, yeah, he's going to be well, the Hulk. If it's a Hulk comic, yeah. He's but we're considering, but we're considering ways where if Homelander loses his shit, somebody can take him down. And I'm trying to figure out if there's anybody else other than his own kid who's too young to do it. Like I, I will not accept. Uh, a finale where Homelander dies because his kid beats him in a fight, or well, I think know, like, I think we're gonna suffer shit like at that. some point from like a Vikings style time jump. Like I enjoy the show Vikings, but most thing the thing I hate about it the most is yeah. like every season takes place in a completely different time period. They're like, oh yeah, we have kids. Oh yeah, we're right. all sixteen years, years, and they don't. Film it's the just voice. like what is going on? And everybody looks exactly the same. But so you think that's gonna happen? I, in the I feel like in order for like a, a I think they. Well, I, I, the kids I feel are like 11, Superboy. Right? In order, to, I'm so, gonna call him Superboy. I feel like Ryan, in order to be relevant, he's gonna have to have a time jump. Yeah, but well, how do you do I that mean, with an actor like Huey, who very clearly is not, you know, has not gained ten years or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Every one of the the sequel series of X Men movies took place. <laughs> yeah, My, Michael Fassbender. Apart. Yeah, but then, Michael no Fassbender reason. went from the age of thirty to thirty five in the span of sixty years. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they actually span 20 years or whatever, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just saying, not to bring it back to X-Men and Harpon, that those movies are terrible, but we'll we'll, we'll save that for another day. Um, real quick, before what's, we're going to wrap it up right now, um, but I did want to kind of talk about other universes where, or like other fictional stories where superheroes are it's like superheroes, but what if real? What if you real? Do <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> what if real superheroes? Watchmen. Uh, I mean, Umbrella Academy is kind of in that ra- in oh. that vein, right? It's like they. I, I, I think like, Umbrella you know, Academy is fine. I just think it's annoying when they have a character that is like, oh, his power is super strength. 
he's going against his agency, and then he can't win a fight against fucking dudes, like just people. Wait, are we talking about yeah, season one? one fucking, they yeah. break into his house. The dude with super strength is fucking dropping people left and right, and they're just shrugging it off like this dude doesn't have super strength. Yeah, do those guys have powers? No, agents they shouldn't him? have. There's no explanation. Who? Hazel yeah, and Chacha? There was no point. But here's the thing about him. Like, does his super strength come from his gorilla body? Like, I didn't really understand what his no. power was as a kid. But it didn't make a lot of so sense. So he had super strength as a kid. Yeah. And then in the comics, it, the, the dad removes his head and attaches it to a gorilla body. <laughs> in this one, they inject him with simian DNA or something like that. To, like, try to save him from an injury or something? Because his body does not look very... Like, it looks like it, it. it's a cross between a human and a gorilla. It doesn't look like a gorilla body. But, yeah, exactly. But, like, it just... It's weird to me because you don't really see many instances of, like, him with his actual power versus him just being stronger than normal because he's a gorilla or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that, I, I remember, like, being pretty deep into season two and being like... <laughs> Have we seen his like actual power, or are we just watching his gorilla body thing? I just don't understand. Like, is no. he like so Captain he America, where he's not as special, then... but he's got the leadership ability that they need, kind of thing? Like, because the answer is no to got... that. <laughs> he's got the strength, but but he doesn't have the strength um, because and then also Hazel is just body. a dude who's taking punches from him and has no repercussions. So that show is entertaining. Um, I, I I think that five and uh, who's the one that's super messed up. Um, Klaus. Klaus. Klaus and Five are my two favorite characters. Um, everyone. Klaus yeah, is the Klaus. best character. Klaus is by great. far. Klaus is great. He's so good. He's. I love I, that guy. Is. He, he's good. That's talented, it, man. It, for sure. It sucks that he. Did you guys watch Mortal Engines? I, I did. That yeah. Peter. That Peter Jackson produced. He's. He's the main character in that. That movie sucked. But him and Hugo Weaving, uh, go head to, head to head in a couple scenes, and this they're they're both talented actors um so anyway back to what i was saying i want to i want to hear what your guys thoughts are on like these worlds that have been created where it's like um how would superheroes actually fit into society right like how would we like watchmen right like where they're basically just an extension of the law enforcement and so everybody kind of hates them you know what i mean um nobody like worships them the way that they want to be Right, and they're all kind of just fucked up and have fucked up lives. Like how? Do, like what? What? I guess what my question is: Which interpretation do you think is better? Like, do you think that the boys, where it's like this, like very um, pessimistic, cynical, excuse me, cynical look at um, how a corporation would form around them, or do you think it's more interesting to or better to have them? Um, kind of be an extension of law enforcement and, and have people rebel against them. Like, what do you think? I personally love Watchmen. I, it's kind of hard to, to vote anything against it. I think the show, I think I like this show, the boys a lot, you know, and what they're doing. I think it has an interesting commentary. Um, but I guess I want to hear what your I mean, guys the, thoughts are. They're good examples because I think that uh, you're, you're, you're the way that you've, uh, formed the question they are on opposite sides of the spectrum one of them they're worshipped one of them they're not um i will say just really briefly the watchman show as much as i enjoyed it cinematography I, I didn't really like it as an extension of the comic book or the movie just because it completely negates the ending of dr manhattan but um but yeah. that being said like I, I think it's i think both of them are potential 
realistic looks of of how superhumans would adopt into a society. And I think they would fit into one of those extremes where they would either only uphold the word of the law because you know morality is something that is subjective and therefore you need to be able to abide by something that is bigger than yourself um or they would say no i am the law and and you know like cops they would get the indemnity and can't be held accountable for accidents that happen on the job and um i i think the boys is a more realistic look of how it would happen if superheroes were developed in like today I think Watchmen is a realistic look of what would happen if superhumans had existed for decades. Like, I feel like the the concept of superheroes back in the 60s probably would have, but maybe back before the modern celebrity and before they would have been able to market themselves with such success, they would have probably uh, moved closer towards law enforcement. Whereas in today's society, it's really easy for someone with superpowers to get a huge Instagram following and to, um, to market yourself and make yourself a product because of our social media sure. and our access to the internet. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the boys almost feels like a spiritual sequel to the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie. Really? You know what I mean? Like it has a very similar color palette. The, the, cam- the camera and work and cinematography is all very, very similar to the way that um, Zack Snyder's Watchmen, Watchmen movie uh, came out, which uh, I maintain is probably uh, probably in my top five favorite movies of all time. I know most people don't agree with me on that, um, but I don't know, Brian. What do you, Brian? You you don't read a lot of superhero comics, but I know that you like superhero stuff in general. How do you feel about this? I, I mean, like, yeah, per- personally, I feel like. To some extent, it depends on how powerful you make them. The re- the where the point where I, I struggle every time, and I've talked about this before here, is when you make them like Superman level unbeatable, and then it makes it hard for me to grasp them answering to anyone or like conforming to the whims of a corporation. And I'll give you a great example: uh, the movie Hancock with uh, Will Smith. Sure. They, they kind of touch on it a little bit because uh, in the scenes where he's trying to rehab his image and um, he's got that chick on the like the, uh, you know, on Fox News that's like, Mr. Hancock, you are not above the U.S. Constitution. And Nancy, that, Nancy Grace. <laughs> that part gets me every time because I'm like, uh, really? I'm pretty sure he is because he could kill everyone and nothing what? you can do about it. Like you can hit him with a nuke and the guy's fine. Like. Like to me, like that concept, like once you get to that level of ability, like I always struggle with them answering to other people and not just being like, you know what? I could literally kill everyone on this planet if I wanted to kill everyone except for the babies and raise a new freaking, you know, world where I'm the freaking man, you know, like, and, and you all answer like, like to me, their, their, their capabilities are so endless and the, the you're you're so incapable of affecting them other than their own like fragility and their own like minds and their own like emotions like physically speaking you can't touch them and therefore like it's so hard for me to grasp when homelander's sitting in uh, the conference room with the guy that's running vot behind the scenes and the guy's like making homelander bow to his will and i'm like dude i if i'm homelander i just fly straight into that dude's 
you know, grill. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to start pulling fingers off your hand. I, I think what we're realizing from this conversation is that Brian should not be given superpowers. Probably, <laughs> probably not because it's just like, I just, I'm in that, I'm putting myself back in that scene where Homelander, the chick's sitting there holding the phone. She's like, I'm going to release this on the internet. And I'm like, why wouldn't the Homelander be like, <laughs> and then just like fly forward and rip her arm off and take the phone from her. And then slap her with it. And yeah. instead, I'm watching him at this press conference like a whip dog. And I'm like, there's no way I'm the most powerful being in the universe. And this woman that's like, I'm going to release this. Like, what is stopping you from just going speed? I just don't get it. Like, that part to me is where I struggle. Now, the one like X-Men is different, though, because like, there's certain characters that are like that, where they're kind of like God tier abilities. But then there's other guys that like, they have lesser abilities where I'm like, okay, I get where they would have a more interesting role where they would be still be forced to assimilate because they could still be contained. They could still be imprisoned. Like you can't put Hancock in prison unless he chooses to be there. You can't put Homelander uh, in a Hancock cell. Hancock does some interesting shit with the prison thing. Like when he's like talking to yeah. Jason Bateman like, and then he just cuts like the cuts glass. open the glass and stops it. Yeah. Like, and then like, he he's just like, you know Sounds like he said five years. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> it sounds like he just told me I'm spending five years in this shithole. Yeah. And like yeah. he goes over to the, the security door and just rips it off the wall. Like, like, and then he jumps over to go get the basketball. He jumps over yeah, the security and like, fence and they're just like, And all uh, the security guards are just watching like, what are we going to do? Security like, breach. Uh, <laughs> like, exactly. That to me is where I draw the line because I'm like, oh, I have such a hard time accepting that he would feel like he needs to answer to anyone. Like, like I just feel like, yeah, if you gave me that like Homelander ability and this chick's like, look at me with the cell phone, I'm going to ruin you. Like. The only thing I can accept is that he, he just needs – he feels this need to be loved and that's – and I'm like that is such a fragile platform to stand on when you've got this guy that is just so beyond you know, anything that anyone can touch or affect or impact. Like it feels feeble to me. Like it, it feels like that scene when uh, – um, is it uh, Nick Fury that's like – Man, if I oh no, it's the commissioner. He's like uh, in Marvel when he's like, man, I, if I misplaced a couple of, you know, nukes, I guarantee um, you, you know, heads are gonna roll, or you know, I'd have to right. have to answer for it or whatever. When Thor and Hulk are missing, I'm like, yeah, like, because yeah. no, there's nothing anyone can do about it. Like, and to me, like, why are these people answering to normal humans? It's crazy to me. Does anyone else want? What's that actor's name? William something. He's he's General Ross. Does anyone else want him to become the Red Hulk? <laughs> I really want yeah, him to be, be the okay Red Hulk. It. I want that to happen. I think that would be really cool. Um, anyway, Jeff or Brian, just quick catch up. That character becomes he gets uh, Gamma. Sure. And he, yeah, he becomes the Red Hulk, which is basically not as strong as the Hulk, but pretty close. And also, he retains like his military. He, he he's he's the same person, right? He's, he doesn't develop a split. Yeah, he keeps his, his brain. His brain. Hmm. Yeah, um, but you guys yeah. get my point, right? Thunderbolt yeah, Ross—that's I mean, his name. Um, it's anyway, like so, so Watchmen, uh, Irredeemable, Injustice—the three major conflicts we talked about today—all of them touch on the concept of, which I'm going to quote Watchmen here: "Losing touch." It's it's all about the person just losing connection with humanity, and I, I think that is something that I don't know if the boys can afford to explore, because. They're, they don't have an answer because like it's not going to be a thrilling conclusion of Homelander losing his mind and start killing people and then his head just explodes. Like that's not a climax to me. 
Yeah, that's not how it's going to happen. Like if they're, I think. no, I don't think I don't think so either. I think they're going to have to explore them finding another way to kill him. Like because like I, like I said, it's fragile. Like when you're playing that game of like, oh man, I could just go over there and just di- like disembowel her with my finger. But at the same time, because she's threatening to press the send button on this video, I mean, I, I have to just be the whip dog that I plays I hope the role. that maybe like there's there's I I like reading superhero novels as well as superhero comic books. My favorite author, Brandon Sanderson, happened to write a superhero trilogy called The Reckoners. Uh, kind of like the boys, it's about a, a group of normal people taking down uh, an evil society of, of supervillains. And in that concept, though, it's because people that develop superpowers are also corrupted and become evil. It's not something they choose to do. It's just the more you use your powers, the more evil you become. Um, and the thing about this world that they also explore of the superhuman mythos is the concept of vulnerabilities of, of having a weakness each villain in the story has a weakness that is tied to either their past before they became superhuman or how they became superhuman um and i wonder i i mean if the boys explores that and has some kind of clever way of, of creating weaknesses like i thought it was a funny play when um uh, she used almond joy is that yeah. an almond joy I don't know, is, he, <laughs> is he dead did they confirm that he died i think no they said that he was He's yeah. in the so, hospital. Uh, I thought that was funny. It was like, is that a super weakness? Yeah, it's almonds. He's got a nut allergy. Uh, a tree nut allergy. So nuts yeah. that grow on trees, I guess. So, <laughs> that was very... I really liked that. Although, you know what? I feel like Black Noir needs... I, I just need more from that character. Because he's... It's it's Batman. He's he's the Batman. I, I like know, how parallel. they use him so far. And, like, he's got some super funny small scenes uh, where... When they first dropped the story about um, about Compound V, there's just a quick little two second cut of him in the hallway just like sobbing. <laughs> it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so confused. <laughs> they don't explain it. Hey, I just I just came up with an interesting um, idea for next episode. If if it's my turn or if I'm jacking somebody's. I think it's your turn. So. Are, are we ready to get there? It just sure, popped in my head. It. I wanted to kind of talk it out before we lock it. Yeah, up. sure. We can wrap it up. I just real quick before you do that, um, I just want to say. I think that the the world of the boys is is a more interesting world to be explored um, with like the way that they use superheroes. Um, I love the idea of Watchmen where they're, you know, an extension of law enforcement and everybody hates them for being, you know, super powered or overly, overly accepted vigilantes who are able to like hide their faces and how everybody hates them for it, even though they're just, they think that what they're doing is great, but everybody's just kind of like, you're like, it's not it's not great what you're doing yeah. is not great right I, I really do like that what this is is a more interesting world to explore because there's so much to be said within it right i think that the boys really um at least this version of the boys the television shows version of the boys where you know it's not only is it a com- commentary on mass media and how media can be controlled and spun um i mean i, I studied public relations so watching the kind of spin that they put on is stuff that I had to study in college. And it's it's pretty accurate to how people run PR campaigns, you know, and how they do damage control, right? It's it's very interesting to see how they do it in this regard, right? And um, I, I just think, I think that what they're doing with the boys is extremely interesting. And I, I think honestly, it's, it's one of the best shows I've ever, like, I really like it. 
you know, every week I'm like so excited to watch it. And I haven't felt that way since like the first three seasons of Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Where it was like Sunday night, I am not talking to anybody. The phone's going off and in another room. You know what I mean? Like I'm here to watch it and I'm excited every week. So it's nice to have something like that back on TV because I haven't felt that way in a while. Um, but yeah, I'd say let's wrap it up. Brian, what, what are we what are we talking about next week? So I want to throw this out as an idea. It's like the... Uh... That card game that we've played in the past, Super Fight, where, mm. you know, you put up, you know, one person versus another and then whatever person you're representing, you debate their side of like why they would win the fight. What I was we thinking is... We could play that on here. We could do it. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> um, what I was thinking um, with a similar concept is we each come to the table with uh, two like superhero, su- excuse me, superhero teams or supervillain teams that we combine to make like one like kind of fighting force that we're arguing for being like more powerful than the others. However, the twist is similar to the game super fight. You can negate like one or more of someone else's pieces. So if I come in with justice league as one of my two, you can go, cool. I negate Superman so that I can't use him in my argument. He's eliminated. He's, you know, off banging Lois Lane or whatever. And like, Basically, it's a way to kind of even the playing field with uh, somebody coming to the table with Watchmen and trying to use Dr. Manhattan as their option. You just eliminate Dr. Manhattan, whatever, you know, whatever combo you use, like everyone's on the table for your argument, except for the guys that get negated by the other two people. So if you did X-Men and Justice League, boom, Xavier's gone. So he can't just take everyone's minds or whatever. Superman's gone. So he can't just overpower I, I don't know if this is going to be Go. successful you know what i mean There's too many just extremely one you're gonna to have to set limits on how many people can be in each team because if you choose justice league unlimited and they have i think 50 something members or if you choose the <laughs> ultimates and they've got 70 something members <laughs> 10,000. Like, we could we could limit it we can limit it to you know teams where it's um you know but can less, we, even less within the x-men or something like that even can we build our own teams the xavier's Xavier's not even the most powerful psychic on the team. You've got Jean Grey, but if you take out Jean Grey, you still have Xavier. If you take out Xavier and Jean Grey, you've still got Iceman who can absorb the energy from the sun. If you take out him, you've got a million other Omega-level mutants. Ice? What? Wait, what's his name? Sean whatever? Yeah, so what they reveal... I forget what run. You know what? I can't. What I'm telling you, let me get into this. So it's Iceman... How about we just stick to movie versions because that's ridiculous. I don't want anyone to <laughs> What they reveal is that Iceman is that a, a mega-level mutant, that his ability isn't generating ice, it's absorbing heat, and that he probably has the potential to absorb all of the heat in our solar system. I say we stick to movie-level <laughs> abilities and not that is stupid. the comics because that is stupid. <laughs> how, does, how does an ice guy take the yeah. heat from the – that doesn't make any sense to me. All right, whatever. I'm not even going to entertain it. So let's stick to movie level abilities. How's that? I Wait, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I got to stick on this for a second. Absorbing heat does not create ice. That's not how ice works. <laughs> That's not how condensation works. Right. Actually, like, ice would be so, so right? the heat. Yeah. Well, like he's up. So essentially the idea is that he's sucking the heat out. But how is he also producing ice? But how is that an ice how power? How is he projecting ice? How, does, how, does, how is sucking so, heat so, out an ice power? No, that's the point, is it's not an ice power. It's that he doesn't have, like, he takes the heat away, but that's not what creates ice. Is not Right, so what it, is the Ice power? is not created by a lack of heat. It's created by moisture that's frozen. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so, so, so the like problem that there is that the moisture is already in the air. Uh, the 
heat comes from friction of the, the molecules vibrating. So basically what he's doing is he's stopping the molecules from vibrating and then the moisture, it just drops, I guess, instantly. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and defend it. I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> how about we do? How about we do it like this? Which, which writer is responsible for this? Shit? I have a letter to write. How about, how about we do it like this? Bendis? Hear me out here. <laughs> hear, hear me out here. So each one of us gets to put up two different teams of three sure. that come together as a team of six. You guys with me so far? Sure. They're from Can different we... universes, and only after we name our six guys from those two different universes, do the other two people in the argument get to eliminate one of your six. So you'll lose you'll lose uh, two of those six and then you'll be you get to argue with the remaining four. So so I can create a team of six as long as it's all like I choose all DC characters. Right. All... So let's say I I'm like, you know what, I want some magic users. I'm gonna go Harry Potter universe and I'm gonna go Dumbledore, Voldemort freaking McGonagall. <laughs> and then I just <laughs> You know, and I assume that Dumbledore is getting knocked off, and depending on my other team of three, maybe even Voldemort's getting knocked off. You know what I mean? Whatever. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, I do those three from Harry Potter, but then I take, you know, freaking Tom Bombadil, <laughs> Gandalf, and Sauron, and I like you just you're playing the game and you're building your team, assuming that you know some of those guys are getting knocked off for sure. You know, you'd almost have to put Superman in if you're choosing Marvel. Or, or excuse me, oh, okay. how dare so me? Only, DC. Only yeah, a maximum because of, you know he's getting taken. A maximum of two universes. So you can't just say, I want the most powerful person from this world, most powerful person from this world. And you got, yep, and you got to take three from each one to build your team, knowing that two total people out of your six are getting sure. tossed when the game And starts. each of us get to pick one okay. of yours. So um, I pick one, Tyler picks then, one, and those are final four. Yep. And then the, the final four that are left are the four that I'm arguing could take your four and Tyler's four in a big old, like, everyone okay. gets thrown in a room and has to battle it out type of thing. You guys think that uh, might work? Yeah, I think we can make that happen. Here's the uh, other it's thing. It's going to be an interesting conversation. Here's the, here's the other thing. <laughs> um, I would argue that our universes have to be different. So we might need to correspond this week and kind of, like, iron out who gets what. Like, what we'll do is, like, maybe draft style this week via text. Like, hey, Jeff's the youngest and stupidest. Like, he can go first. Uh, and uh, he drafts one universe that he's going to start pulling from. And then I draft one. And then Tyler. And we'll go around until everyone has sure. two. Is that cool? One more, one oh, more week. We'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot and see. I, I think it might be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was thinking about the Inception guy. Just wait till everyone's asleep. And then get into their minds. Make, make them yeah. think of killing themselves. <laughs> uh, I choose uh, Freddy Krueger. I choose uh, whatever his name is from Inception. I'm just gonna have a lot of Dreamwalkers. Yeah, try to get creative with it. I'm gonna like, get. Don't just you know go Thor, Hulk, Superman, or you know, or, you know whatever. Get, Toss them I've out. Already got one of my I got everybody that's left. Just do me a favor. What, try not to get what too like. It? Oh, Galactus. I've got Thanos. Jeff, try to do. Up. Please don't do like. Everyone, Whatever everyone has heard of this fantasy world, world shit. That no it's one called Pokemon. What is it? Just say it. Dibs. Uh, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I guess you're gonna have to draft a number one overall. Yes. I mean, I think I it's second. okay if we're all in the same. If like people, like if we, we say Marvel, like all three of us 
did a Marvel and just we just can't do any repeat characters. You know what I mean? Like Jeff chooses Captain America, then no one else can Captain choose America, Captain myself. America. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, well, but I'm going to challenge myself to get a little bit more obscure than Marvel, I think. But Well, uh, don't be too obscure, though, because we want it to be something that we can all... I said a little more obscure. Right, but yeah, but we want it... Like, don't pick a book series that I, like, just mean, I haven't Harry read. Harry Potter versus Marvel. Like, I guess it's pretty out there, too. But whatever. We'll, I, we'll figure it out. We'll do our draft you this get. week. We can talk about people's picks if they're too too obscure or if they're mainstream enough or if they're too OP. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Sure. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. Um, let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Clever Kids Pod. Um, Brian is on uh, another podcast weekly called The Redraft, his uh, fantasy football podcast. Um, Jeff's <laughs> home phone number is 408. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Anything you guys want to say? Anything? Any buys or anything? No, nope, just any thanks plugs, for listening. Anything? Get ready for a uh, bloodbath of a debate next week where I come out on top <laughs> per usual. I have a feeling there's going to be yelling next week. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye. All right.